Um, so yeah, I'll be talking about adult wellness visits today. I guess you guys, are, she was in that you guys already had adult wellness or woman have some talk on that. So this is gonna be more geared towards just the general adult wellness, not, not the woman. Um, had an adult wellness visit on their schedule today, anyone? Yesterday, someone, so. This is, I mean, this is everyday practice. Hopefully it's a lot of review for you guys. I mean, it should be bread and butter for family practice. So hopefully a lot of pointers in terms of preventative care that will be real high yield for the yeah, ABFM, the practice board <laughs> too. Um, and more than anything, it's just kind of, you know, a, there's no real like right or wrong way to do a wellness exam. For a lot of it is very just subjective. Different attendings, they're all going to do their wellness exam very differently. So watch them, see what they like, what they do, and pick out the things that they like from them. So, uh, explain the things that I do on mine. Uh, some things that maybe will help with efficiency too. A uh, big thing I know, you know, it really shouldn't take more than like two or three minutes to chart an adult wellness visit. So just be all raises and, and and done. You know, it's not something that should take very long because it's people. Um, yeah, with that said, um, first of the day, just answer them. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I'm not coming to call the righteous, but the sinners. So, so it's Jesus's response to why he was hanging out with the sinners, which I think is, is a funny verse to talk about with wellness visits. You know, Jesus was a huge fan of, of wellness. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. That got me thinking, you know, every other Dr. L dog, right? Why do, why do we talk about whatever topic it is? Because it kills, but you can't use that for wellness visits. So I think, you know, why, why do we do wellness visits? You know, is there good evidence that wellness visits decrease mortality? Not really, you know, we do it because insurance encourages our patients to do it. And we do it because insurance built it back to us. There is good evidence that building relationships with patients can decrease mortality. There is good evidence that preventative care, you know, can help decrease cancer risk things like that. So more than anything, it gives you a time to build relationships with your patients and really focus on the preventative aspects of, of medicine. Um, so, yeah. So I'm kind of going to be talking about the three big parts of uh, adult Well, I'm going to start out with kind of with billing FAQ because this is the part still confuses me and I'm sure it confuses a lot of you guys. Like when do I actually bill for a wellness visit? Right. Um, and what does that look like? And then uh, just going through kind of my three parts of a wellness visit, which is the screening questions, the physical exam, and then uh, health discussion and like what I'm ordering. So, um, what is a wellness visit? So you always see a million different things on the schedule. It might say annual visit, it might say physical, it might say wellness visit. You know, there's a million different terms for it, but basically it's a once a year visit where they come to primarily focus on their health and well-being. So um, if they meet that criteria, I try and bill it as a wellness visit because it, there will be no copay for the patient. Um, you know, if they've already come in for that once a year, then not. and then it still says wellness visit, you have to explain to them no. Something else. But right. check. You just look at the charges and just make sure that right. So it's a lot easier when you see your own patients, right? When you share patients with you know everyone else, kind of in family medical clinic, then you have to look back at everyone else's notes and see if anyone else has built from a wellness visit already that year. It's your own patients is pretty easy to just look back at your own notes. Right. Did I already do this for this year or not? But um. That's probably the easiest way. Um, yeah. All right. So we got an example here. Patient, you have a patient on your schedule. They made an appointment for wellness visit. 
of course, when they come in, you know, they scheduled it a month out in advance, but when they came in, they said, oh, I just started having runny nose, cough, mild fatigue the past couple of days. So what are you going to do for this patient? Let's give you three options here. So option A, you're going to tell them, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do your wellness visit today because you're sick. So we're just going to build this as a sick patient and build a 99213. Option B, you um, say, that's fine. We can take care of that and we can do your wellness visit today. Um, we will give you, a, you may get a bill for the sick portion. So you bill for the um, preventative care visit and you add a modifier 25 and also bill for the 99213. Or option C, you just say, oh, it's not a big deal. You look at them, this is just a viral infection. You're not going to be prescribing any additional antibiotics. You're not doing any additional testing. This is not taking up a whole lot of your time to tell them that you do have a cold, you know, and this is a viral infection and self limited. So you just build as, as a wellness exam. So he says op option one, make him reschedule the wellness visit. And just take a second. Okay, who's gonna bill for both? Nine and two and three and, and preventative. You do both, okay. And who's just gonna bill it as a wellness visit? I got some people voted twice on two and three. <laughs> You'll only get one decision, so let's see it again. So who's gonna do number two? Okay, and who's gonna do number three? Yeah, so there's there's not really a wrong answer. So technically both answers would be correct. So the people that said number two and built for both are gonna have higher RBUs at the end of the year. The people who built for number chose number three are gonna have happier patients. So kind of choose your pick. <laughs> so let's, I'll give you an example. So my kid, I took in for a, um, a well child check, right? And she had hand foot mouth disease, which obviously is a self-limited viral condition. I have a high deductible health insurance plan. My pediatrician then sent me a bill for $173 to, to diagnose the hand foot mouth disease that I already knew my head kid had. And so now I have a new pediatrician. <laughs> so keep that, keep that in mind, you know, this is, you know, patients will find a new doctor if they, if they don't agree with the way you build things, yeah. Is it Medicare or Medicaid? One of them require two notes, right? For the separate notes. So um, I don't believe so. I don't think any of them require a separate note. So. You can, you can just, it's just a matter of putting the modifier 25 on the 992 and 3. Um, I've never built two notes if I, if I do two. Usually what I do, my personal thing, if, if I'm having to order lab work or I'm having to prescribe new medications for a new problem, then I will probably, you know, add the additional modifier if it's something that's just answering their questions, you know, and, and, open them out, then as much as I can, I'm going to try and not build them extra. So uh, if they already had a well woman, most insurances cover both a, uh, an adult wellness visit and a well woman. In my clinic, we have female PAs that do all the well women's. So if the PA does the well woman, I see them for the wellness check once a year. Oh, wait. Um, or if they're over 65, we're kind of going to go in. The second part of this is about the Medicare wellness visits. And so I'll kind of talk about that more later, but most uh, people that are on Medicare or Medicare supplements, um, they, uh, they don't cover a wellness visit. So just be always looking at patient's insurance. Yeah. Can you, the converse of the last, uh, so come in for a wellness visit and they have a sick complaint. Do you ever see them for a sick complaint and say, oh, you haven't had your wellness visit. It's going to be free. We'll add on the preventative code for that. Yeah, I do that a lot with Medicare patients. So that's so it's a lot easier with that one because it's just a matter of them really filling out a questionnaire. Um, and then, you know, you, you could do that. So a patient will say, oh, and I also want to get a physical. 
And so I don't know what just happened there. Um, I uh, will say that when you know, oh, I want to get this, this address, and I want to get physical, and that's fine. You can do both in the same day. Um, or you can even offer, say, hey, would you want to talk about some preventative things and fill up this visit as well, or physical today as well? And, and a lot of patients will say, sure, you know, I want to get my, my, lip, my lipids checked and talk about all these other preventative things. And it'll just take a little bit longer for your visit, but if you have time, then you could potentially increase your billing that way too. That's, that's, that's a good point. Um, yes, I mentioned the three parts of my wellness span. So screening questions, physical, and preventative labs, uh, basically all the things you order. So um, let's start with the screening questions. So if you have a patient that's in for a wellness visit, we'll start here in the front row. What's, what's a screening question you're going to ask him? Um, tobacco, like tobacco. Tobacco use, good. Alcohol use, yes. What else? So medical history, history of chronic medical conditions. Good oh, no, the screening because USPTF recommends testing. Yeah, testing. So I'm talking about specific, not what to order yet. I'm just talking about what what are we going to ask them to, to screen for. So that's a good thing. Yeah, to ask them if they've ever had hepatitis or been exposed to hepatitis. If they routinely share needles, that's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they have a positive a partner that's positive with HIV. You know. Um, so we'll, we'll say sexual sexual history. So we'll, we'll say you screen for high risk of sexual behavior for hepatitis. Yeah. What else? This is more going into the, the drug history, but specifically smoking because there are a lot of smoking history. There are a lot of USPSD. Okay, smoking history again. What do we got? Diet and exercise. Diet and exercise. Very good. Mm, excellent. Talk about their their diet. How much do you exercise? What is you know, do you have a strictly calorie restricted diet? Do you eat meat? Do you eat well these other things? You know, so good, very good. What else? Okay, review systems, kind of going through, you know, do you have if you're on blood thinners, do you have blood, blood in your stool? You know, just kind of routine review systems questions. That's fine. Uh, what else? Oh, sorry. De depression. Okay, we're skipping to the back. That's okay. I was going across here. We can go wherever. Okay, good. So, so depression. Very good. So, so how do you do a depression screen? Uh, PHQ nine. Nine. Good. Or you can just start with the PHQ two. Uh, at our clinic, you know, the MA screens everyone with PHQ two. Positive. You go to PHQ two to Q nine. Good. What else? Yeah. Good. So family history. Very good. What else? <coughs> what about social determinants of health, like stable housing, income, food security? Excellent. So good. Social social history again. On the uh, thing. What else? Do you actually ask it yourself or you just go through the history? Right. So how many of you guys remember when you did the uh or the, the like OSCEs or whatever they were that you had to do your, you know, you had to ask. Past surgical history, past medical history, past, you know, and go through those things. I'll show you what I do in my chart. So I, I, for most of my patients, they're not new patients, right? There are, their information is already in Cerner. So I review, this is your family history. This is your surgical history. This is your social history. Are these medical diagnoses correct? Are your medications correct? Are your allergies correct? And so every single time I just, I review that with them and just, it takes a minute or two. Yeah. Those are all, all things that I, that I do. Screening mice too. What else? Are we missing any? Domestic violence. Domestic violence. Very good. Yes. 
Um, might depend on age, but like we talked about sexual history, but sexual health, so like screening for erectile dysfunction and like menopause symptoms. Yeah, those are great things. Patients uh, really appreciate when they have a doctor that brings those things up and all history. Excellent. So part of your Medicare, if they're over 65, again, that's actually a recommendation by USDF task force. So, all right. So these are all the ones that specifically I pulled from the USPFs that are either grade A or grade B recommendations to screen for. So anxiety in all age 18 to 64. So, you know, do you have anxiety? Yeah, seven. All right, easy ways to screen for that. Um, depression, we talked about that. Fall prevention, very good. Everyone over 65. Intimate partner violence, specifically for women of childbearing age. Um, if anyone else you think could be at risk, but those are going to be the high risk ones. Tobacco use for all adults, that alcohol use, use for all adults, drug use for all adults, uh, risk factor stress. So, yeah, that's, I kind of told you guys what I do really. I go through all their, all their medical history, review that, and then I ask, you know, do you smoke, do you drink, how many sexual partners in the last six months? And those are kind of my, my good questions. Okay. Your workflow, what app do you do that under? Uh, I'll show you when I pull up Sir. It'll be a lot easier to show on Sir directly than explaining it. Yeah. Medications and reviewing them, do you do that yourself or can you, do you rely on your ME? Great question. So my MA does it and I and then I do it again because my MA gets it wrong half the time. And it's not that they do anything well, they just don't know the medications as well as I do, right? They don't understand that you know, the way the dosing works and the way uh, a lot of the medications must be taken. Take I double check. Mm -hmm. um, and ask about diet and exercise. Diet and exercise, I think, are super important. So I absolutely always always talk about that. All right, what place better do you schedule? Exercise in one hour a day or being dead 24 hours a day? <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. So this is the part that's going to vary a lot between um, uh, between positions. So where, where are we at? Where do we leave off at? Did everyone answer over here? What's what's part of your physical that you're going to do? <laughs> So no, we, you you do your physical. So you're done asking your screen questions. You say, jump up on the table. What are you going to do? Good. So you listen to heart and lungs. Okay, what else? Who, did we finish everyone over there? Got to answer at least once, I think. We'll start back over. The um, I, I do like ears, eyes, nose, mouth. Yeah. Good. Okay, what else? Okay. Oh, good. Do you see there? Are you good at seeing there the retinas? I usually see at least one or two vessels, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even bother. I use I use the ophthalmoscope and shine it in their eyes. Yeah. I make all my diabetics go get an actual eye exam because they're going to actually be able to see what's going on. I just don't have that skill. So. <laughs> what else? Yeah, I do head to toes so and then have to lay back. Swelling the lower extremities, keep the sensations all good. Check for reflexes. Good, absolutely. If they're older, I might have them get up and try to walk a little bit just to get them to Good, excellent. What else? I agree with what others are saying about a oblique head to toe exam. One thing I'll add is uh, if they're on the older side, uh, just take a pause and, and pay a little bit more attention to the skin, see if there are any obvious. Um, yeah, growth. That's good. Absolutely. 
Anyone else want to add anything to that? I think we kind of hit most of the big things here. Uh, the skin exam, I used specifically for that. So, yeah. any particular areas, rashes or anything, you're worried about mold. That's what I do too. It takes too long to undress every one of my patients and put them in a gown. I'm not a dermatology clinic. So I, that's, I will ask them, what, you know, I will, I'll ask them on their wellness exam, is there any skin lesions that seem not normal to you? And that's and have something that they'll usually more than happy to, to show me. So. Um, other things, thyroid someone mentioned, hollow. That's, that's kind of most of mine. I, I usually do the same thing. Head, head to toe, so just uh, lungs, heart. I look in their ears and look in their eyes, and I ask, do you have any hearing or vision issues? That's kind of my way to screen while I do that. I look for swelling in their legs, uh, and then I, I ask if they have any skin lesions. I don't do a too extensive, probably, a neuro exam. I don't do too extensive an abdominal exam unless there's a reason for me to. Um, okay, yeah. Where do we leave off? So, what a... This is gonna be a tough one for the medical students. You guys are both medical students? You're, you're the residents, first year residents? Okay, there you are. I, I thought maybe we had medical students here. No, no. I can recognize the first year, I apologize. Um, yeah, we just did. <laughs> there a lot last year. What? I only come like twice a year, so the chances of me seeing everyone is, is very low. So I, I apologize. Anyways, um, what are you gonna what are you gonna order then? So you finished your, your screening stuff. What are you what are you gonna order for your patient on your wellness exams? Let's say you have a 65 year old healthy female that has never done any preventative medical screening previously. What are you gonna order for? Okay, it could be HIV, okay, good. What else? Well, it's just 65. It's usually 13 and 64. You need HIV. Never mind. Scratch that. Yeah. Um, maybe she's high risk. Get it. What else? A1C. A1C, okay. What patient population gets an A1C? Obese, what age? Two, any. Seventy. There we go. Okay. What else? What else you can order? You. I'm, I'm staring at you. Okay. Great. Uh, what? Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. Good. Colon cancer screening. What else are we can order? Sixty-five year old. Yeah, sixty-five year old. Oh, Dexa scan. Dexa scan, good. Bone density. What else? Mammogram, very good. What else? Lipids. Lipids, good. What else? Okay, where's our recommendation for CBC? Nowhere. Okay. They have hypertension. They have hypertension. Fourteen, good. We need to monitor function at the hypertension. Pap smear, good. Sixty-five. What else? <laughs> Say if she's a male. Yeah. Okay. What else? Anything else? Uh, it depends on if she smoked or not. On risk factors. Yeah, it depends on risk yeah. factors. A lot of these are risk factor dependent. So. Caveats. So, what's the USPSTF guidelines say? 
Screen for diabetes, so either Tim 14 or A1C, if anyone, age 35 to 70, BMI greater than 28. So that's not just obese, that's overweight as well. Um, cardiovascular risk calculation, so universal lipid panel, that means on everyone age 40 to 75. So, and that's every five years. Is there a um, hepatitis C testing, everyone age 18 to 79. I usually, I don't order that real often. I order the Kim 14 if they're these are elevated, then I'll, I'll always get the hep C. Or hepatitis panel, actually, and then it should have C or B. Our risk populations, HIV, good catch, H16 to 65, um, gonorrhea, chlamydia. I, I'll usually, for younger patients, I'll ask, do you want a CT screening? And they can decide. I'll let them be the, most people know whether they're at risk for STDs or not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then specifically cancer screening, <laughs> easy way to, uh, to remember that, uh, the two most common types of cancer, right? So most common type of cancer is skin cancer. So recommending sunscreen for everyone over, under age 24. And then the second most common type of cancer for women is breast cancer and men is prostate cancer. And think of the two most deadly types of cancer. So number one being lung cancer, number two being colon cancer. Who knows the criteria for lung cancer screening? Oh, that's triple A, sorry. 20. 20 in the last 15 years. There we go. 20 years, happens to quit within the past 15 years, or has quit within the past 15 years or active smoker, and then age 50 to 70. 50 to 80, and they get that every year. Does that mean, I have a on the border question. Uh, yes. If someone, it's the 15, 15 years ago, they stopped. Correct. Are getting it this year? So no, if all their previous have been normal. Uh, if they've had previous abnormals, then I would, you know, you would still monitor their nodules or whatever, according to what they found, but then it's not screening, that's um, monitoring. Um, but yeah, technically after, if they've quit 15 years, then they don't have to get the screen anymore. Um, yeah, breast cancer screening, you guys know all that. Colon cancer, I don't, this is USPS, TF is 50 to 75. I think it just changed to 45. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it's great. This grade A, 50 to 75, grade B, so 45 to 75. Um, osteoporosis screening one time, female, age 65, AAA screening, men 65 that have never, that have ever smoked. Um, yeah, I, I try and order those according to those screenings, according to the USPSTF, we get judged on those and we get reports on those, all those things. So it's important to get them done. Question. Um, yeah. Plus or minus on the A1C. Yeah. So if I, if they don't have, if they're not obese, oh, okay. I don't have a, I don't have a reason to order an A1C on everyone. If I see, if I order Kim 14 lipids every year and I see every year on their Kim 14 that their blood glucose is 62. Uh -huh. I know they don't, they're not diabetic, right? I don't need to order additional tests until I don't think. So, um, but if I see on their previous lab works, hmm, their blood glucose went 103, 126, 134, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, I want to read one C. So, um, same thing, like CBC, if they're on, are they on medications? Are they on blood thinners? Are they on a reason to CBC at all? I'll order it. So usually insurance will cover Kim 14 lipids, CBC, and TSH, uh, and then A1C or PSA if they're if they're indicated too. I'm going to talk about PSA in a second. So, 
and then STD testing. Who uh, here does prostate cancer screening on all their men's wellness exams? No. Will you still do a, a digital prostate exam? No. <laughs> you would do a digital prostate exam screening. No one does. If they're symptomatic. Okay. Symptomatic, you do. That's good. Okay. And no one just does it routinely anymore. Okay. Yeah, there's not good recommendations for doing routine digital rectal exams. Um, the American Urologic Association does recommend screening PSA. So their recommendations are every two to four years for everyone age 50 to 69, with the caveat of high-risk patients starting at age 40, um, being family history, uh, Black ancestry, germline mutations. So um, USPSDF still does not give a recommendation for it. So I, I, I usually discuss it with the patient. If they want it, I'll get it. Um, all right, vaccines. Where do we leave off? Back, did we finish back here? We did, did everyone get a good screening? Okay, so with what vaccines do we need to order? For adults. So you've got a, you've got a 65 year old again, the same 65 year old female. What vaccines? What's up, Dr. Denick? Okay, what else? Zoster, good. Get them both. What if they've already had their the old the old Zoster vax? Give them the Shingrix. Shingrix. What if they've never had? What if they've never had uh, chickenpox? Give them the Shingrix. Everyone gets the Shingrix. <laughs> so everyone over age fifty gets both 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 series. Those so in the six months. What else? What other vaccines? You don't have a. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Blue. Blue. Blue, good. Okay. Every year we get a flu. What else? Anyone else? COVID. COVID. Yeah. Does everyone have the COVID discussion for five minutes with every one of their patients on their wellness visits still? No. Yeah. So I don't have COVID vaccines in my clinic, so I just stopped asking. <laughs> I say you can you can discuss that with your pharmacist. <laughs> That's how I save five minutes on every one of my wellness visits. Uh, yeah. No, they, they ask and I and I recommend the early. Tetanus. How often are we doing tetanus? Ten years. Get your teeth after every ten years. So the only ones we have in our clinic are the pneumococcal tetanus and uh, influenza for, for elderly or for older patients. Is not the kids, but um, so those are the ones I kind of hit on more than often. Who gets a pneumonia vaccine? Diabetics. Diabetics. COPD. So chronic lung. Chronic. What are their chronic medical conditions? What? So chronic liver disease, good. What else? Autoimmune. So immunodeficiencies, HIV. Ace splenic. good. Yeah, And so those you all get it regardless of age. What else? Cochlear implants. Gotta have pneumococcal. And so those ones that are real high risk, so no spleen or uh, your implants, HIV, those kind of ones, you want to give both the PCV20 and the PPSV23. Okay. Everyone else, you're just good just given the PCV20 uh, at 65 is all they need. They have, what if they've already had the PSV13? In the 20, anyways. What if they've already had the PPSV23? In the 20, anyways. Do you have to wait six years or no? Is that a thing? No, I just, as, if, as long as it's been at least a year since they've had. Yeah, the other one I would go ahead and give it to them. How long? 
Like, do you have to wait to get shingrets for a certain amount of time after you have? Yes, six months. You have to wait six months after shingles so you can get shingrets. Six months after you get shingles. Yeah. Yeah. So six months after the outbreak, you can't do so it for below 50 years old. Do they have to wait until they're 50? Insurance won't cover until 50, as far as I've encountered. They want to pay for themselves? I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, RSV. Who started giving RSV vaccine? Oh, sorry. Questions. So pneumonia vaccine. Patients on chemo. Can we give that then? Or? So ideally, you want to give it to them before they start chemo, so they're not going to have a very strong response to the vaccine if they're immunocompromised. So ideally, get them all up to date on all their vaccines before they start chemo. Usually, the hemoptysis. Do they kind of? They're pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, once you send them over to oncology, they literally take care of like almost everything. It's great. So. Uh, RSV, who started giving recommending RSV vaccines? Anyone? What's your spill on RSV? Yeah, because every every older patient now asks. Um, yeah. I, I look if they have any sort of chronic lung disease, if they have COPD, I, I recommend it. Everyone else, I say RSV is typically you know a viral infection that's like a cold. If you you know feel like you want to be protected extra against that, there's a vaccine that can prevent it in ninety percent of cases. You can get it from your pharmacy. Um, that's optional. I don't, I don't push it. I'm already pushing so many other things already. I feel like an RSV is one I'm going to try and sell on. The recommendations for HPV. Yeah. So all, all females of any age can, can get it if they didn't get it earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't have that on here. This is not all comprehensive. I don't have B vaccines. I don't have travel vaccines. I don't have all the vaccines. These are the ones that I talk about every time. Yep. Yeah, yellow fever. Yeah. I, had, I had a patient what was it, yesterday. He's traveling to Brazil and he gets yellow fever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just you guys use the you guys know how to use the CDC travel website. Yeah. All right. What? How much time do I got? What time?